14th episode of the game podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Thompson. I'm a gold level pro here with two platinum level pros, Michael Majors and Andrew Brown. And we also have a special guest who is also a platinum level pro. He likes wordplay and dislikes cold play. He is an American national treasure, the world champion, B. BBD. 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 We didn't talk about how many we were going to do. I thought I thought it was natural going to that last one, but apparently I was kind of alone. I don't know. What, we yeah. blew it, you know, and I'm sorry, Brian, but dude, what's up? What's up, man? I wish I had, like, pre-recorded entrance music after that, but... But yeah, dude, the, the world champion, Brian Brown doing, I didn't think I would ever hear myself say that, but that's that's awesome. Wow! <laughs> it's, it's just crazy, man. Fucking savage! Not that Brian is bad. He's obviously not bad. He no, killed it. I, mean, just... I never thought I would hear anyone ever say that either, so, like... Right. That's just, just honesty. Dude, you annihilated the tournament. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet. I don't know exactly how that happened, but it did, so... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out later, you know, whatever. So uh, I, th- I think it's nice to start with the process and, like, basically, you know, how this all started, how it happened. Like, who did you end up working with? Yeah, I tested with uh, Brad Nelson. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. And then... Well, he's, uh, he's no world nope. champion. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not. Something that I will definitely dagger him about for the next year, at least. Love it. Probably two years, but... And then, uh, like, two of his Euro scum buddies, Joel Larson <laughs> and... Uh, so good god and so so why them instead of face-to-face like you're still working with face-to-face right yeah basically like brad and i had decided that we wanted to test together if we like both qualified for worlds and there were like seven people on face-to-face that were qualified for worlds so it's just way too many for like a testing team anyway so like we all knew that we were just going to be like kind of splitting off anyway so it made sense to just branch off with brad and his eureka buddies sure so you and Brad have worked together a bunch. I, I imagine that that was fairly seamless, right? Like, how, how was it working with Joel and Martin? Uh, I was, like, a little bit skeptical going in, but they were actually both super awesome. And, it like, it, it was awesome. And I wouldn't mind working with either of them in the future, So, uh, which is way better than I can say about, like, a lot of times I've tested with people. So, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at how great it was. Cool. And, like, how did you guys approach Worlds? Because it's this, this weird tournament where it's 24 people and 14 rounds of Swiss, right? And then cut the top four? Yeah. So, like, we tried to, like, basically weight our testing based on, like, what form the most important, I guess. Modern was basically the least important format because you had six rounds of draft, four rounds of standard, four rounds of modern, but then the top four was also standard. So, like, to win the tournament, you're going to play six rounds of standard, six rounds of draft, and only four of modern. So, basically, like, what we were trying to do at first, well, at first, like, Martin Mueller showed up later because he had, like, I think school stuff going on. So it was like me, Brad, and Joel. And basically our plan was like one person drafts while the other two battle standard. And then we'd like figure out modern later on. Okay. You ended up playing Bant Humans and Bant Eldrazi. Did you draft any Bant decks? I actually, I think I did. I think I like, I actually draft Bant surprisingly high amount of time in this <laughs> format. Because like I, I really like blue green a lot. And like you, you almost always end up with like a third color because it's just so easy with primal druids and stuff. 
So yeah, I actually drafted Bant a lot. I could have drafted my first draft in the Pro Tour, and I fucked it up by not taking Tamio. Yeah, I saw that. You definitely should have taken the Tamio there. Okay, so you went. What was your draft record? Three three. Okay, and then you four would standard. Yeah, and I three o one to modern. Uh, I drew the second to last round because it locked me for top four. Basically threw away a pro point by drawing there, but I, I wasn't a lock because I had like pretty bad tiebreakers, so it seemed worth like throwing away a pro point to guarantee myself in the top four. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, it gives you more shots at like actually ac- accumulating more pro points too. Yeah, so. like each win in the top four is like two pro points instead of one, so I, I certainly like improved my net pro point earning by doing that. But you could have been greedy. You could have just gone for it all. Yeah, I, actually I thought about doing that, but I, I don't know. Like, my matchup against Marcio was extremely good and modern, but I, I didn't want to be, like, an idiot, so I didn't do that. It would, it would be really Smart. embarrassing if you could have drawn into top four and then you just, like, kind of throw it all away, for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be about that life. So, going into the tournaments, you and Marcio were the only two gold pros in the field, and, I like, that was something that you had mentioned before as just, like, kind of being humorous. Did that affect your mindset or anything? Like, do you feel like... Well, especially like with your guys' testing, you're like looking at like the the meta game, right? Of these 24 people, and were there just like people that you're like, okay, this guy is like a wild card, like we don't really know anything about him, but like we're not too worried about him. Like I think Niels is the one that comes to mind. Like, do you think that people also thought similar things of you, and that did that affect like how you approach the tournament at all? Uh, I wouldn't say it really affected too much. Like I, we actually didn't spend that much time. We spent like a little bit of time thinking about what people would expect us to play like deck wise. But we never really thought about like whether people's testing would like incorporate like the fear of us or whatever, I guess you could say. Um, so I don't know. I never really thought too much about that. Like I de- we definitely went through and tried to figure out like the decks that people were going to play and what we thought the metagame was going to be. But I don't think we we never really put like that much weight on like the players themselves. Like we had a lot of players that we we thought were just like complete wild cards, like you know most of the Japanese guys. Like we had no idea what what decks they'd be showing up with, or like uh, yeah, Niels was just a complete question mark, and like even some of the better players, like like LSV has just an extremely wide range, and like we could have seen him play pretty much any deck in either format. I wouldn't say that our predictions were particularly good. Actually, we were pretty bad about a lot of our predictions. Uh, we, we thought like Ban Eldrazi was going to be really popular and modern and, it was, and like Steve and I were the only ones who played it. Yeah, I, I talked to Brad a little bit on Saturday night or Sunday night and it, it was like him and Martin talking about things and like just going over their testing process and stuff. And Brad kind of does this thing where he's like, yeah, we blew it. We were we were way off. But at the same time, I was kind of close because like these were my high ends for things like Abzan and Eldrazi and like a lot of the Eldrazi people just ended up playing Abzan and so on and so forth. So he seemed to feel that like you guys were kind of close, even if if it wasn't exact. Well, like I think we got it wrong in terms of like our metagame prediction. But at the same time, like, I mean, at least in standard, we just played like a really strong deck. So it didn't matter. I don't like didn't matter that much if we're right or wrong. Um, at least that's how I felt about like Ban Humans. Like I think it's just the best deck in standard. I wasn't too worried about like what decks people were going to show up with unless it was like, you know, 10% Jun Delirium or something, which is like pretty bad for ban. Right. I was just going to say that like in modern, we like really had no idea, but, and like people came way differently than what we expected. Like there were just so many more just random decks, but there's also like infinite Abzan. So like playing ban Eldrazi just worked out perfectly. 
Yeah, so the modern thing is weird, right? Because it's obviously there's a bunch of different archetypes in the format, and people can play, like, the the no interaction, just try and, like, turn three, kill you, or they can do, like, the Abzan thing and just, like, try and interact with people and try and have, like, a 55% matchup or whatever. So it is it is really tough, but the thing that I found was really strange was that there was a modern Grand Prix the week before Worlds, and a lot of the players in Worlds just played the decks that they were going to play in Worlds in the Grand Prix. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And, I, and like, some people, I like, certainly, like, flipped it. Like, Siggy played... Infinity at the GP and then played Abzan at the thing, but like even like Ryoshi Tamada played his Jeskai Pyromancer deck at the GP, which like I thought he probably wouldn't run that deck back again at the at Worlds or whatever. Yeah, and maybe it was a thing where it's like, oh, I'll just play this this fun deck. Like that that is a Japanese deck. Like it, it won a tournament over there, like a god of modern or whatever. And maybe he was just like, I'll just play this in the GP and not plan on playing it in Worlds. But then he top eight at the tournament, right? So then he was just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, probably just like, ah, I'm just going to run it back. But yeah, I don't know. Like modern, I think a lot of people just like didn't really put that much into modern because it's like kind of a crapshoot sometimes anyway. And like it was certainly the least important format in the tournament. I think we actually tested modern way more than we were supposed to. Like there, there were like lots of periods where Joel was just Basically, the entire time, whenever, like, Joel had a free 30 minutes, he was just playing, like, Eldritch Evolution decks on Magic Online. <laughs> and, like, we'd be, like, we'd create a plan for testing, and then, like, I'd, like, go to the bathroom or, like, go downstairs to get a drink or something and, like, come back up, and Joel's just, like, playing Eldritch Evolution. We're just like, come on, man. What are you doing? But So a lot of the time spent during the plan was like trying to convince him to stop. Yeah, we actually, we, we spent a, a decent amount of time trying to get him off of uh, four color evolution decks in modern. Like not that there's anything wrong with those decks, but it's like, I, I didn't really want to exactly be brewing for worlds. Yeah, that's legit. How did you guys end up on like four different decks? If you guys played together? Yeah. Modern was kind of like weird because Joel was testing like his Eldritch thing and then Martin Mueller sh- showed up, like, the Friday before Worlds, I got Like, yeah, a week before Worlds or whatever. And he was, like, super high on Living End. Because, like, I think it's basically just, like, the only deck he's really played in Modern. He's had, like, pretty good success with it. But Brad and I were not so high on Living End. Like, I, I just don't think it's, like, a good deck in Modern. Like, even though it, ha- it might have, like, been a good metagame choice, like, I just don't think it's, like, actually a good deck and you lose a lot of times because you're not playing a good deck. And so, like, we, like, splintered off because of that. Like, Brad played, like, three games with Living End and, like, kept drawing all three Living Ends naturally. And, like, at one point, he just slammed his computer shut, walked out the door, and he just never played another game of Living End. <laughs> and then uh, I was on it, like, a little bit longer, but I just, I couldn't pull the trigger. But, like, both those guys were super high on Living End and, like, thought, thought we were making a giant mistake by not playing it. So that's, like, how we all ended up on different decks. And then... Brad, like, after, like, the Living End thing, like, he was just, like, he basically just kind of spiraled where he was, like, trying to do Abzan, and then he, like, or he was trying to do uh, Suicide Zoo, then couldn't beat, like, all these different decks, and then he was trying to do Abzan and, like, couldn't beat all these different decks, and then, like, he ended up finally, like, just, like, settling on just basic Jund, but uh, he went 3-1 with it, so it worked out. And then I just I just went back to my default of Ban Eldrazi. Well, there was a decent amount of time where Brad was on the red-green, like, Titan shift. Deck oh, too. yeah. Super early in testing, Brad was, like, really high, really high in the Titan deck. Eventually, like, just only having eight Titans in the deck, I think, uh, was, like, the what got him off it. Because, like, if you get Thought Seized, like, once or twice, 
and you like only draw your you know you you have to draw like then you have to draw like three titans instead of just two or whatever or like you have to top deck your titan yeah. on the right turn to beat those things and just like it was definitely a good deck and he was winning a decent amount but it was it, it didn't feel like a 4-0 deck even though Oliver 2 did like 4-0 with it well his deck was also much different too i feel like once you figure out that your deck needs to be a little bit more resilient to beat all the Abzan decks and maybe even like the Bant Eldrazi decks because they have Path and Thought Not Seer and stuff, then maybe what Brad should have done is just like go back to the drawing board and like build his deck a little bit differently instead of like playing all the through the breaches and basically all the inconsistencies. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Like they like cutting through the breach for Scapeshift just like was an amazing change for that deck. Like that. Yeah, I mean, if if Brad had gone back and done that, yeah, he probably would have like played that deck and crushed. Yeah, I mean, he mostly crushed with Jun, too, so it all yeah. works out. Speaking of crushing, this is a great segue. Uh, as I said, you you just you crushed the tournament. You annihilated it. Like, did it feel easy? Like, do you think you were running hot or just, like, a combination of, like, playing well and getting kind of fortunate? And just, like, you know, how, how good are these players, you know, compared to mere mortals? <laughs> when you said segue with, after crush, I thought for sure you were going to start talking about Steve Rubin's Crush of tentacle, Tentacles deck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not yeah. doing that. So. Uh, yeah, it was really weird because the tournament actually did feel pretty easy. And that's just probably because I was winning so much. But, like, it was also, I mean, it was really hard. Like, everyone was, like, really good. And, like, but, like, it just seemed like I had, like, a deck edge in the constructed formats against all my opponents. So, like, you know, even though they're playing their deck extremely tightly, I'm still just, like, you know, banting them or whatever. So, like, they, there's not, there's only so much you can do. Uh, if you have like a deck disadvantage, I don't know. Like I, I honestly, I don't even feel like I was getting like that lucky over the course of the tournament. Uh, obviously, there was like a lot of fortunate things that happened, but I also probably mulliganed like twenty-five to thirty times. Like may, maybe that's an exaggeration, but it was it was at least once a round. Sometimes like two or three games every round. Uh, like I missed on Coco so many times, things like that. But I was still like, yeah. That's the thing that I was going to point out. I saw you miss on company a lot. Yeah, like I missed on company a lot. Like I mulliganed, I mulliganed to, to, to five multiple times. I mulliganed to six, like, yeah, at least once per match, sometimes like all three games. But it was just like, I mean, I was having good sixes and like the decks were just super powerful. Like it felt like things just went really smoothly, even though it's like tough crowd and, and tough opponents. So you mentioned that you had a deck edge. I, I do definitely believe that, but at the same time, it's like your decks are pretty straightforward, and they're also known quantities. Like, you have played Bant Eldrazi recently, if memory serves, and Brad had just top eighted the Invitational with Bant Humans, so it felt like, you know, those were the things that people kind of put you on, but you still felt like you had a deck edge, despite, like, your decks being pretty straightforward and not too not too tricky, you know? So it seems like it would be pretty easy to play against your decks, but like it just didn't matter. And I feel like that says something about just like deck selection in general and like one way that you can take it, especially if the field is very hard. Yeah, I think people just like underestimated those decks because they like, even though they were known quantities, like doesn't mean that you can just kind of ignore them or whatever. And I think people like a lot of people like tested a bunch against Bant Company and like just kind of assumed that Bant Humans was basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like really far from actually being the truth. Like, especially like the, like, for example, the Emrakul decks, they like have a pretty good matchup against Bant Company, but like a pretty bad matchup against Bant Humans. For example, when I was playing, I played against both Reed and Siggy playing Teamer, and like both of them probably thought they had a good matchup against me, but I just knew from testing that their matchup was like actually very, very bad because I was testing Teamer for a really long time, like talking with majors and, 
Um, I thought the Teamer deck was like really good, and then I just could never beat Ban Humans. So that's like, like what eventually got me onto Ban Humans. Was it because of uh, Thalia and uh, the Lieutenant? Yeah, basically like the the Thalia Bros, <clears throat> Thalia's Lieutenant, and like actual Thalia. Like Thalia herself is just in so insane against Teamer because like their Primal Druids come to play tap, the Deep Fiends come to play tapped, like. Uh, even Emrakul coming to play taps kind of a big deal, and you can also get them sometimes if they don't like play their Yavimaya Coast early enough or whatever. And it's just like I don't know. It just it's so hard for them to recover from that. I imagine Pacifist is a pretty big deal too. Yeah, like a lot of times they go. They like if you're on the play, you go land go. They play a vessel, then you play Pacifist. Now they have to like grapple from the past instead of cracking their vessel, which they'd rather crack the vessel. So. Basically, no more tournaments left for standard, right? But Ban Humans is gas. For modern, do you think, like, Banteldrazi is fine for a GP? It just seems fine no matter what, right? Yeah, like, it's just, like, pretty good no matter what. Like, it's definitely not a dominant deck. Well, I mean, it's not, like, an overly dominant deck. It's not like Eldrazi was before. But it is just, like, a really, really good deck. Certainly one of the best decks in modern. I thought that people were going to be gunning for Ban Eldrazi, but I was just hoping it, like, wouldn't matter. And that's kind of what happened where, like, I don't think anyone went in the tournament thinking they had, like, a really bad Ban Eldrazi matchup, but, like, you just turned to Thought, Not Seer them or whatever, and it just didn't matter. Yep. Oh, Eldrazi, you're so good. <laughs> I mean, like, isn't the strength of Ban Eldrazi that it's, like, kind of hard to gun for, too? Yeah, like, it's you can't really, like, it, it is hard to just be, like, gunning for that deck because it's just, like, removal spells and good creatures and, like, disruption or whatever. It's kind of like Abzan, except instead of, like, reactive you're proactive so i do want to point out that several people mentioned that like during especially during the top four that you just like played great and for the most part you like played better than your opponents you played better than shouta you played better than marcio and it was like very much i think a familiarity thing was like helping you navigate those games and especially like the games against marcio that just went on for forever but like you just always seem to have control of what was going on, and this isn't a question or anything. Basically, you're just gas. And <laughs> I, I, I like I like that a bunch of people noticed that. You know, like you, you actually did just put on a show for people, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. And like I, I do think it was just I had so much more experience in those matchups than they did. Um, like certainly, both of those guys are like you know, despite what you may say about Marcio, he is very good at magic. Agreed. And like Shota is obviously insane at magic. I just felt like I had, I understood the matchup better. Like just, pl- I probably played like, you know, hundreds more games than they had in those matchups. And I just knew like exactly what I was supposed to do, uh, or at least what my game plan was supposed to do. And like, I, I certainly messed up like some of the like finer details or whatever, but like I had, I definitely had like an overarching game plan throughout the entire match of like exactly what I'm playing for and like what I'm trying to accomplish at every point. Yeah, like Tragic Arrogance was a big deal, and it looked like Marcio just didn't even board his in for some reason. Yeah, I'm not sure if he had his or not. Like, I, I do know that, and and for me, like, Game 3 was all about, like, trying to draw Tragic. Like, there's a lot of times where I did things in, like, kind of, like, a bad order if you don't have Tragic in your deck. Like, plus my Nissa, then played my Tracker, things like that. But, you know, at that point I had, like, 15 cards and two Tragics left in my deck, so I was just kind of hoping to spike one of them. Yeah, and that just comes down to planning and... You know, you knowing what your game plan is, like, how am I going to win this game? And Honestly, like, that, the top four, like, I just, I was really, like, pretty relaxed playing those games, and I think, like, the headphone thing actually, like, really helped with that, because it just, like, canceled out all the distractions, and, 
Like, it really did just feel like I was honestly playing on Moto. That match against Marcio just felt like some super long, grindy Bant mirror I've played on Magic Online. Yeah, and that's that's kind of your home, right? Is Magic Online, like, that's where you do the vast majority of your testing and everything? Yeah, I play, I play a ton on, like, Magic Online. So, yeah, I felt, it was, like, it kind of put me in, like, a, my own comfort zone, which was nice, where I got to, like, just play, like, a game of Magic that felt like a game I'd played, like, a hundred times. One of the things that I thought was really cool, and I don't think anyone else cared about this at all, was after you finished that like super, super long game three and you're going into game four, neither of you were like, hey, can I get a break? It was just like, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of cool. Like, I, I don't know. Honestly, after that game, I was just like super pumped and I just wanted to like finish it. Like, I just wanted to yeah. like play one more game, hopefully win that game and then just be done. We, we talked about standard a little bit. Uh, and I, I think it's there's there's not really much to say, right? Like Kaladesh is coming out, and all of your sweet cards are rotating, so now you have to start over again. But that's probably okay. Yeah, like I'm, I'm actually, I actually think it's sweet that Worlds was like the actual last tournament for that standard format. Well, it's weird though, because it's like you want Worlds to build up hype for you know whatever decks people are playing and stuff, and then it's just like people don't really have an outlet to go play. Well, I guess they have Magic Online, but it's not really the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, there, there's certainly the positives and the negatives. Like, people people see the world's decks and then they can't really play with them also. But at the same time, it's also, like, a good send-off to Collected Company in a way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, I, I think it was 13 Company decks, 11 Emrakul decks. Yeah, something like that. That's not necessarily something that's going to get people excited anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think LSV, like, had a tweet that it was just, like, Worlds was just dual decks, company versus Emrakul, or whatever. Yep. <laughs> so, wh- when is the next Modern tournament? Uh, the SCG this weekend is actually Modern, right? Is that next the one week. in Orlando? Or is it yeah. next Oh, no, weekend? it's... It's not it this is, It's the weekend. Yeah, it's the week after Louisville. We have some Team Sealed this weekend. Ooh. We're, we're all going to be there. That's pretty exciting. Oh, I guess there's the WMCQ, the week of Orlando. Yeah, I'm probably actually going to... I might play in that. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to check flights for that. Wait, we should we should hype Louisville and, like, tell everybody our squads. Go nuts. All right. Michael, you're first. I'm playing with Brad Nelson and Corey Baumeister, who many people are probably not familiar with, but that's actually Brad's brother, and he is really, really good at magic, even though he doesn't play very much. Um, he actually... In the last three weeks since he found out he's going to be teaming with us, he's won two PTQs. <laughs> Easy. Team Miller Lite. Yeah. BBD? Uh, I'm squatting up with two fellow odd couples, I guess, Shaheen Sarani and Craig Wesco. Kind of a, uh eclectic mix of individuals, but I think it's going to be sweet. And you and Shaheen are both on heaters. Yes. Yeah, Shaheen and I have been uh, doing pretty well lately, so I'm looking forward to it. JT? I have I have two Joshes, two silver level Joshes, one one show and one Utter Layton. Nice. I will be squatting up with Pro Tour champion Jai Chen Tao and our lesser known noob friend Eugene Huang. But he was the first one out of all you guys to win a Grand Prix. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> he crushed my hopes in that Grand Prix. Oh, I was, I was, yeah. He beat me in the. We were in the same draft pod playing for top eight, and he he beat me. And and Eugene is typically the B seat, if memory serves. Yes. I, I think he's the best of us at Limited, but I don't know. JC did 6-0 Worlds. So all I know is that I'm the worst player on our team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, that's that's not bad, right? The guy who, who top-aided two PTs in the last four or whatever is the worst player. Yeah, hopefully we don't get yeah. against you guys. I, w- I wouldn't want to get uh, destroyed too badly. Pretty sure I'm the worst player on my team, too, so don't feel too bad, Andrew. Oh, I don't. Don't worry. 
<laughs> I think it's safe to say that I'm better than show, but I don't necessarily think I'll do better than show this weekend because I'm out of practice. Oh, BBD, you're going to get the, the round one feature match. Are you excited? Maybe. I don't know. It depends on our seal pool. It's probably we're, we're just going to have three horrendous decks and just get three owed, you know? <laughs> No, man, you got to maintain that king of the hill. Yeah, I don't know. I've been on such a heater lately that I have to imagine we're just going to open like a bunch of mythics. <laughs> Solid plan. <laughs> You're like the luck's never going to run out. I'm just doing great. <laughs> yeah, I mean it'll run out at some point, but like, what are the odds that it runs out exactly after Worlds? You don't know, like, especially when you got teammates, you don't want to let them down. Yeah, exactly. Maybe your luck's gone, but Shaheen's luck is always there. So. That's true. We do have, like, that's the best part about having Shaheen is just, well, first of all, Shaheen's great, but also his his luck is just perfect. So you just got home yesterday, correct? Yeah. And how is how has that been? Obviously, this is, like, pretty recent, but, like, how, how has your life changed as a result of this? Man, I mean, my life has honestly not changed at all, but I have to imagine that, like, it's all, I, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm still just like in my crappy Roanoke apartment or whatever. Like, don't don't plan on moving. Don't plan on like upgrading it in any way. So I'm basically just going to be like living that same life. But pretty like the next year is just going to be awesome for Magic because I just kind of have the ability to do what I want. So like I think it's I think it's going to be a huge change for like the next year of me. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird to think about where it's just like all of this started because you were doing pretty well in Grand Prix. And I know that, you know, you you hitting gold was like a big deal and everything like that's basically what you've been working for like the last few years. But it's just like, man, the swings, right? Like, this is pretty sick. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. Like, like five months ago, I was just like struggling to hit gold and I was down like 12 points to Fabrizio in the race, basically had given up on it. <laughs> and like... I just was like, yeah, maybe I'll hit gold this year. And if I don't, like, that'll really suck. And I'll have to, like, reevaluate for next year. And then, like, I ended up just top eighting a GP and hitting gold. And I was like, yeah, that's probably, like, you know, the peak of what I will achieve this year. And, like, maybe next year I can try for, like, platinum or whatever. I, I don't know. I just had, like, an insane end of year run in the Grand Prix. Like, barely won the race. Went to the went to Worlds, like, the last year that they was, like, doing that. And then just like spike that tournament. Now I'm just like platinum for two years. I'm like in the mocks and all this random stuff. It's just I would have never expected that five months ago or whatever. And and Seth like cooled off like right at the right moment, right? Yeah, like Seth Seth like went off his heater. Like basically, I, Scott Lip I think ruined Seth's heater. <laughs> <laughs> the top four of GP Sydney or whatever. I, I do appreciate the contrast now where like. Last year, you were like, oh, this kind of sucks, but I have to commit to going to literally everything every weekend. And, you know, it's like it's just an exhausting thing to have to do. And now this year, you can just pick and choose and do whatever you want. Yeah, I can just go to literally nothing. And it's not that big of a difference. I mean, I'm still going to obviously go to stuff like I want to, like, you know, acquire pro points and stuff. But, you know, it's not that that important. There's no pressure. That's that's the point. Yeah, there's no pressure. Uh, like, af- actually, after I hit gold last year, like, there wasn't really that much pressure either. But, uh, I mean, I did want to obviously win the GP Master thing. You didn't want to? No, I did want to. Oh. <laughs> Surprising. Because he knew he was going to win Worlds. That's why. Right, 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 right. Easy. It was pretty insane that, like, me and Marcio just met in the finals as the only two gold pros. Basically, I guess, playing for, like, the most possible on the line for that, that finals. Yeah, so the disparity is 70 to 30K, right? 40. 70 to 40. Okay, so 30K difference. Winner gets platinum, which neither of you had. So, and it's platinum for two years. So that's like 50K. 
Yeah, like 50K, but mm. like maybe a little bit more. I don't even know. Like, you know, you get all the flights. I guess you don't get hotels anymore, but there's like GP appearance fees and all that stuff. Like, I got to imagine you're going to be getting a raise at work. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would hope that that's the case. Like, that's that's history right there. And like, I wonder, some, someone has got to do the math at some point and find out like exactly how much you were playing for. It's probably, I would have to say that has to be the most anyone ever anyone has ever played for in one match of Magic. It has to be. Absolutely. I mean, it was the highest just, prize. You, you played it like a master, too. <laughs> yeah, just no no pressure, no big deal. Yeah, I just didn't even think about it like at all during the match. I just was, I don't know, trying to win win a game of Magic or whatever. It's also worth an invite so, into next year's world. So, like, the equity of that tournament is, is very high as well. Yeah, I, I, I forgot is that, it? too. Yeah, I think, like, last place at next year's world, like, they're, they're really bumping the prizes up a ton. So it's like someone was saying, like, last place is, like, 10000 or something. Is it, like, do you actually get an invite to yeah, next year's Worlds? Because I know that they removed that it, slot. Yeah, Defending Champ gets a slot. They, okay. They, they are removing that, but not until the following year or whatever. Gotcha. Okay, so you get to play in Worlds again for sure. You get to play in the Mox, which is your yeah. home. You know, that's that sounds great. Plus, Man, like, all the hotel and, like, appearance fee stuff is still intact for this year, so. Oh, wow. It, it's got to be six-figure equity, I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. It's more because like there's the the forty plus the fifty plus next year's worlds. Like if we lowball all that, that's like a hundred k. There's like WMCQ stuff too. Yeah. There's there's all there's also the uh, there's also U.S. taxes too though. So <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But but we want to look at like you know the the fun happy picture right, yeah. right? like <laughs> before the government gets right, involved. Right. Gross is a lot more fun than net. So. Any any interest in making a brisk jog for the SCG Players Championship or actually the yeah the thing about that like before Worlds like a week before Worlds I was like talking to Brad and I was like yeah if I win Worlds maybe I'll just like try to also qualify for the Players Championship dude that would like, put I, you in, that would put you in every tournament yeah just <laughs> just play in every tournament like maybe that can just become like a, a like a like a common theme like maybe I'll just travel around and just like play in random F and M's. They're just like, man, BBD's just like in every tournament, and then they like turn around. And I'm just like signing up for their F and M. Are you a level fifty archmage yet? Forty nine. Oh man, so you got to get on that. Yeah, I still got a ways to go. I'm like, I like just hit forty nine. So, dude, the F and M multiplier is not very big, though. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's gonna go to a lot of them. <laughs> if I play like three F and Ms a week, maybe I can just get there. Yeah, but no, seriously, like I, I, I am considering like maybe trying to hit up the uh like a top 16 the envy so i have like some amount of points but. yeah you have a good head start and you're only one tournament behind and i yeah. know like i missed one tournament when i qualified tom missed three and he got first in the season and yeah i mean i'd have to win like back-to-back opens like tom did but i don't i don't think that's very likely but you never know yeah no big deal no no just keep keep your heater going that's all i say you should book for orlando we're going in two weeks it'll be fun mm. Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's that or the WMCQ. The WMCQ is in some weird place in New York. Is it New York? I thought it was New Jersey, but I guess... I think it's Syracuse. Okay. Why is it there? Dude, I don't know. I've, I've heard it's My, like very... It's like just a couple minutes past like New York proper. I don't really know exactly what that means, but... Yeah, I don't know. I've, I was never really invested in those things, so I didn't really do much research. But think, think of America. What if you win? If I won, I feel like I would not be the best person to represent America. Would you like Colin Kaepernick it? Like not, not, uh, 
not support the national or the uh, pledge of allegiance or whatever. Or the, oh no, no! I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely anthem? down to supporting my country. National anthem. That's what it is. Man, I, I def- I'm down to support my country, but I don't feel like you know, like I could do the best job. Like there, that's a lot of weight. You know, a lot of people yeah, counting is. on you. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, dude. I can't even do like three person team events because I feel it too much. Yeah, he's terrified of playing in Team GP. <laughs> the nice thing about that, though, is like if you're on a team with like Owen or whatever, like he's the one who has like the brunt of that pressure. Like, yeah, but then if I lose, then Owen's gonna make fun of me too. That is true. Yeah, and, and Owen is not always the nicest person. And I, he told me he listens to this podcast too. I don't necessarily believe him, but he did say. <laughs> that. You should just dagger him in every single podcast until he like mentions it. That's what we've been doing with Dan Ward, actually. Nice. I'm down to add Owen to the list. Okay. How do you even do that, though? I don't know. I could just I, I could just say that he's mean. It probably can't be related to his ability to play magic, but we'll come up. With <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking no, about. No, I mean you can't you can't really call that into question. I'll find a way. I I am I am very creative in my meanness. Uh, I I have faith in you, Jerry. I think you can do it, dude. I appreciate it. That means a lot. <laughs> so back to our random questions, which this one is very random. What was playing on those headphones? It was actually just like white noise. It was just like kind of like a hissing sound in the headphones, and then you could hear your opponent and the judge or whatever. Actually, the 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 funny thing is, like when I first sat down to like test the headphones out against Shota, we could hear like all the production people. Oh um, god! Yeah, so they were just like making like we could hear them back there like talking about like the the length of like the cord wasn't long enough or something, and like they like needed you know, somebody to get on some random task or whatever. And like, at first, the first thing I heard was like somebody humming and like, like humming a tune. And I thought it was just Shoda. I was just like, (laughs) that's really weird. But, uh, and then they were like, we just hear like all this random, like production talk or whatever. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad they fixed that. Yeah. Probably important to fix. Just like all of a sudden just mid matches here. Like, Oh, holy shit. Shoda's hands. Great. You know, (laughs) (laughs) His hand was actually not great at any point of the match. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at no point would you have heard that. His hand was always like three lands in a Jace or whatever. Yeah, I got that was pretty uh, pretty fortunate. Man, you should you should request whatever track that they had playing so that you could use that when you play Magic <laughs> Online at home. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can I get that white noise track, please? I need to, I need to 5-0 this league. So, uh, I heard you're going on a cruise. Yes. Explain. So Brad and I had a deal that if one of us won Worlds, we would take or we would go on a cruise with significant others and we would pay for the other person's significant other on the cruise. So so it seems it seems harmless, right? Yeah. Because like, oh, if you win Worlds, you know, you're, you're free rolling anyway, right? So now what do you think? I don't know. I think I'm down like down a little bit of value off this, but... <laughs> Now um, a little bit, but but you get to go on a cruise. Was that something that you actually wanted to do? Yeah, actually, I've never been on a cruise, so uh, it was something I actually want to do. I'm actually pretty happy that we get to do it. Like, it was something that I would like maybe have considered us just doing anyway, even if we like neither of us won worlds. So no, it's actually pretty pretty cool. I'm like I'm glad we haven't figured out when we're doing it yet. Like, I kind of want to do it maybe like sometime when there's no magic tournaments or whatever, like maybe winter or whatever, but. What's up with the distinction that you pay for the other person's significant other and not the? Yes, Brad. Brad can uh, pay his own way to this cruise. Okay, but he'll, he'll pay <laughs> his way. Yeah, okay. I have. I have a question though. Can I come? 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. We haven't really discussed that, but it's possible. Yeah. This is a perfect segue into asking Andrew, did you meet your future wife? Is that who you're going to take? <laughs> if, if he did, that's scary. Jerry, I'm not going to tell that story. No? Are you sure? Can I tell it for you? Yes. Yes, you can. I have not heard this story. I feel like I need to hear it. All right, fine. Jerry, go. So uh, we, we had a meeting on Monday, and in the, the morning this happened, like Andrew's walking through the lobby trying to get to like this boardroom where we're meeting, and he hear, hears a voice, and it's just like, Andrew, is that you? And he turns around, he sees this cosplayer just like fully decked out, you know? And it's his ex-girlfriend from like four years ago. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so they, they talk a little bit, they catch up. She's like, I need to get, you know, a selfie with you. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. We, he just goes on his way, right? And then she posts it to Twitter with the hashtag crazy ex-girlfriend. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> wow. And I'm not going to get into, you know, too many details outside of that, but... I mean, if if that's Andrew's future wife, like that's a story. Yeah, that sounds like a faded meetup, not not just a random meetup. As this story develops, we will keep our listeners updated for sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll let everyone know when like the engagements are being sent out and everything. But... <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, I better I better be, I better be on the list. I better get a letter in the mail, the date. Oh yeah, like no doubt. If I have a wedding, it will be mono magic people. I guess some of my family, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but all right. Like, nope. sorry, sorry, yeah. well, maybe... you're not invited. Uh, we got Jarvis U instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, that seems like a strict upgrade. <laughs> Ooh, you could you could separate the wedding party by by east and west. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could have your your groomsmen just be wearing their hoodies. <laughs> Ooh, dude, that's tight. That is tight. It would be awesome if you had your groomsmen with like red vests and blue vests according. Michael, you you would be on my wedding party. Wow, thanks. I would I would get a red vest. Yeah, you'd get a red vest, yeah. Nope. But you would have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's how it works. If being in weddings is pretty medium, you do have to pay a lot of money. Are you kidding me? Weddings are the best. You just like Alright, I feel like we're getting off topic here. Yeah, a little bit. We are kind of, but that's kind of what we do, and we do have some extra time, so I think it's okay. All right, I'm off the wedding topic. It's good just to bring a random conversation with our guests. Well, BBD, would I be invited to your wedding if you had one? Yeah, man, you would. Nice. I can't say that you'd be a part of the wedding party. I haven't planned that far ahead, but you could be there for sure. Those don't come up in the BBD shower thoughts? No. (laughs) They don't, sorry. I said maybe if Andrew really makes an impression in, in the cruise, then you, know, you can move up. Yeah, maybe you guys hit it off. Yeah, Who knows? true. Yeah, for sure. We'll figure it out. Maybe, maybe. Uh, no, nah, never mind. Just a bad joke. I'm not going to even go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy that we haven't made a treasure cruise joke yet. So uh, let's let's continue not doing that. I was going to go somewhere completely different, but we'll move on to the next. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of interested on in going on this cruise, but I also don't want to go by myself. But I also like don't necessarily want to find just some random female to bring with me on this cruise that might be like a week long. So I'm I'm conflicted. Maybe we'll see how it goes. maybe Jerry and Andrew can just go. Yeah, I don't know. You can you guys can be my date. You know, the the more and more we talk about this cruise with just like a bunch of like pro magic players, the more and more I'm on it. <laughs> just a magic cruise. The magic cruise used to exist. That used to be a thing. Now it doesn't. Okay, I guess we're bringing it back. Someone call Steve Port. 
<laughs> Any anyone have anything else they want to talk about, Brian? Anything? Mm, no, nothing we, really happened last weekend, so I'm yeah, I'm good. Just kind of boring. I mean, we do have like three thousand listeners every week, so wow, that is that that is a that's actually a pretty sizable audience that I could reach with uh, my new products that I'm selling. It's uh, <laughs> BBD cream. <laughs> <laughs> Results may vary. Yeah, <laughs> results always vary. Uh, <laughs> so let's con- continue. What is the BBD cream? <laughs> it is uh, hair. It's like Rogaine. It's like hair regrowth cream. Have, have you tried it yourself? or? <laughs> it's been tested exclusively on me. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I, I guess that's about it. Brian, where, where can people find you? Where, where do you work? Where do you do your things? I work for uh, Chanel Fireball, so just channelfireball.com. Uh, I write articles there, do videos, Twitter and Facebook as well. Brown doing it on Twitter and just my name on Facebook. And if they send you a, a Facebook friend request, you will automatically accept it, correct? Uh, nope, I don't do that anymore. Uh, Learn my <laughs> lesson there. So I, uh, I will um, leave it in the queue probably though. Make a fan page. Yeah, I should do that. I'm pretty lazy, though. That's a, that's a little bit of work. Well, you could, like, hire an assistant at this point, I think. <laughs> I guess that's true, yeah. You should hire Brad as your assistant. Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I was thinking about just hiring Ross Merriam as my assistant. Ooh. <laughs> that's smart. All right, Brian. We, we need you to close out the show with a that's game. You can put... As much inflection on it as you want. Be as loud as you want. Maybe, you know, with with a ceiling, right? Like, be reasonable. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. That's game. Look, man, when you beat me, I hurt all over, and I didn't want to know from nothing or nobody, not even my kids. The hell, every fighter knows that hurt, and we get sick inside trying to live with it, so don't back off now. Make it right for yourself, or you'll be sorry you didn't. We held the greatest title in the whole world, babe. You lost that fight, Rock, for all the wrong reasons. You lost your edge. All right, I know your manager dying had you all messed up inside. But the truth is, you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we could win it back together. Eye of the tiger, man.